right. <laughs> I mean, what a weekend of college oh, football, right? Yes, yes, Josh. I'm sorry. We laughed and voice our corner. I couldn't stop. All right. Uh, yeah, that was <laughs> an incredible weekend, man. And I did not watch. This is probably the least amount of college football I've watched. I don't know, in years, bro. Don't like worry, I made up for it. You made, made up, up oh, thank for God. it. There's so much to get into, to, uh, you know, talking with college football. Obviously, we're going to get into some conference and, and, and all that. But, dude, w- what a what a weekend. I mean, dude, t- take it away. You, you watched a lot more than I did. I, I did catch yeah. the end of probably the greatest college football game in the last, like, I don't know, since the Alabama-Clemson national title game. Or the Alabama-LSU game. I'd say, it's the be- yeah, I'd say it's the best regular season football game since then. And it's because Alabama lost. 52-49, game-winning yeah. field goal. Three seconds left, or one second left, I think. I hit a knuckleball. Knuckleball. Terrible kick. Terrible. They, they, they were just destined to win that game. They were. I mean, they, they had to. Josh, how much, like, theoretically, you have a billion dollars in your bank account. How much money would you have paid to be in Knoxville right when that kick went through? Or just Saturday in general for the entire one, game? One million. Million? Yeah. So uh, now I still have nine hundred ninety-nine million dollars. I think if I had a million, I'd probably like just a million with an M. I'd probably just I'd probably be like a good one hundred twenty-five thousand. Because that's about how much they got fined for all that at the end. Dude, they took the goalpost to the river. To the river, and that's not even the craziest thing they did with the goalpost. The other one, so there's two. There's the one they threw in the river. They recovered that like within an hour. By the way, when it went went into the river. The crazy part is the other one, they took that to Frat Row, and they cut it. Oh, God. They cut it up. <laughs> the, Let me tell you, fraternities are unbelievable. SEC, the things you see in there. Oh, SEC frats. I mean, you, you know a lot better than, than most. You, you get to go up to Gainesville uh, a lot and, and, and all that. Dude, they're insane. Like it, That's a different kind of human being. Oh, yeah. They're, they're dogs in like a completely But you want to know mindset. who's also a different kind of human being? Jalen Hyatt. Dude. Six catches, 207 yards, and five touchdowns. Like, Ran- <gasps> like Randy Moss out there, <gasps> dude. I mean. And every time he scored, he put another finger up on how many one. touchdowns he had. One, two, two three, four, five. Like he's singing 21 Savage out there. I, I mean, Hendon Hooker is six games through, through the season. That's my husband. With only one interception. One bad throw all year. One bad throw. And guess what? They still won a game. Yeah, and like and Bryce Young, four fifty and two touchdowns. I personally think that you still have Blake. Is is that your Heisman winner right now, or is it Hendon? Blake Horum. Yeah, is that that's yeah, your Heisman? I, I I got I, no. I, I mean, respectfully. I mean, yeah, it's a great pick, but no, I do. I think it's Hendon Hooker. I mean, that we one's still have, Heisman. We moment. still have a lot more to see. Another yeah. huge test, and potentially an SEC title game. I mean. Well, he's either gonna have to he's gonna have to do it against Georgia, and then if he does it against Georgia, then I don't know who's coming out the West. I don't know if it's Alabama. Look, this is not an Alabama team we're used to seeing. They had I think 16 penalties against Texas, and if 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 Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt, their season's over. Well, I can't say that because maybe they respond different. They play they play different against Tennessee. But and just, if Texas A&M's play calling wasn't abysmal, they also would have another loss there. And if Max Johnson isn't hurt. I, I don't think it's too crazy to think they don't win that game there. I, I don't think Alabama will be in Atlanta. I don't know who's going to make it now. They could have two losses, and maybe the SEC West in a whole just absolutely implodes, which is a possibility because Ole Miss looks very fraudulent. They're one of the most fraudulent, undefeated top ten teams I've seen in a long time. I still, I'm still rocking with, with Hottie Toddy. Love Ole Miss, but I think they are a very fraudulent team. But, I mean – I will say, I think the dogs are back. I think the dogs are so back. Well, I know we just beat Auburn and Vanderbilt, but the dogs are so back. They did exactly what they needed to do. Yeah. Vanderbilt stood no chance. How confident are you for two weeks from now? Or two weeks from this past Saturday? I just want Florida to score, like, a couple touchdowns. That, that's where you're Because, like, at. Georgia's, like, not. The only way they don't score is if there's A, drops, B, penalties, or C, turnovers. Yeah. Because Florida's defense, especially third down defense, might be the – it is the worst defense in the country. It's still third in Grantham. It is. And I don't know if, whether it's because that's the players Grantham wanted to play defense for them. Right. But our secondary is god-awful. When well, I say god-awful, I watched it live and in person. The, the amount of space given on third down, no matter how long the 
30, 30 to go, however long it is, the the amount of space they're given every single time, there's no adjustments. They just have a walking first down. Trey Dean might be the worst safety in America. He's terrible. <laughs> terrible. He's terrible. I mean, speaking of bad defenses and, and coaches who just seem they always, when they have to play a more physical team, their defense falls. Lincoln Riley and USC, great offense. Caleb Williams, I have him third in my Heisman power rankings right now. But, again, hey, that, it, that, it's the that same That Florida old story. win against Utah just looks just a little bit sweeter. It does look good. It is looking better because Utah can still climb their way back and they can still make a run. I think – Not at a playoff. <clears throat> Well, at the Pac-12 championship. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, no. Okay. I think they the might, it might be a rematch. Done. I think the Pac-12 is done. I think the Big 12 took a big hit today because I think TCU will eventually slip up. But Mike Gundy, it is the most repetitive story in college football. You can bet your life on it. Every year, Oklahoma State has a big test or, or excuse me, a good team, and they come up to a big test. At some point, they will fall. They will falter, and they will lose at some point. I am frustrated with it. It is just like Georgia with Mark Rick. That is exactly what Mike Gundy is. That's what Mike Gundy will always be. If Oklahoma State is fine with that, more power to you, Cowboys. But I don't, I, I don't know how much longer they stick with it because I think there could be. A, I think there's a decent chance that Mike Gundy's days will come to an end here very shortly. They keep they're sick and tired of this 11 and one and 10 and two season. Yeah, they like can they're, never finish. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, but at some point. <clears throat> You got to be able to have a team where you're up by two touchdowns in the fourth quarter to finish. But I do think this TCU team's very good. I mean, they're they're six and zero, but I don't. I don't think they're. Speaking of sketchy six and zero teams, I mean the Syracuse Orange. I mean, what a great win! But I mean, NC State has a quarterback who threw zero passes in the fourth quarter against yeah. FSU. I mean, the this might be one of the best stars in Syracuse history and since a lot of us listeners have been alive yeah there's a lot of teams that right now they've taken advantage of not the greatest schedules another one's north carolina they're six and one their one loss was to texas not texas a but to notre dame who is also woof bat notre dame I, 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 there are certain teams in college football i just like to see lose for no reason like i mean obviously like Florida, Auburn, Tennessee, George, I'm a George fan, obviously when they lose, I get a little small, Alabama. But there are certain teams, when they lose, I love it. And Notre Dame is one of them. I do not like Notre Dame whatsoever. And they lose to Stanford after being like, oh, we figured it out. Hey, we had a rough start to the year. We're chipper. We're back on we're back on the Marcus Freeman. He just he's a converted Catholic now. He is he is undefeated as a Catholic. Well, he just lost to David Shaw, who I don't think I think David Shaw might be the head coach there until we die. I agree. Uh, I, 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 I don't, like we joke around about like lifetime contract. Like like Ed Ogeron got a lifetime contract from LSU. Two years later, he's fired. I really feel like they took that when they had that run where they were like going to the Rose Bowl and stuff. They're like, we're giving David Shaw a lifetime contract, and they're sticking to it, which is a little I agree. weird. And one uh, going back to your point on teams you love seeing lose. I mean, I cannot stand Florida State and every yeah, single yeah, ounce. Yeah of me cannot stand Florida State and when I saw them lose and 34-28 looks incredible against the number four team in the country it was not that close FSU went through the gauntlet that I told everyone to watch out about on my podcast if you look like four five episodes ago I said Florida State they're solid they're better but they're about to play three ranked teams in a row and they're not going to finish and what they do they lost three in a row and they might lose two more so I'm I'm not buying the Florida State hype but that's crazy. We just did a cold opening and we covered college football accidentally on the same old bit. That works. That does work. That was work. All right. Hi, beautiful people of the Sun Conference. My name is Reagan Hare. I'm alongside my beautiful co-host, Joshua Blackmore. Uh, we, uh, <laughs> we have got uh, just an all-time interview. Great, great interview. Our first indoor volleyball interview that we have, we have the head coach from – St. Thomas University and their captain, Coach Whitney Bateau and Mia Thomas. Uh, awesome interview. They had some very, very kind words to say uh, at the end. So tune into that. It's an amazing episode, or sorry, an amazing interview. Uh, we're going to keep that same format that we had last week. Josh, you call out where we're going to say, we have this, and then we're going to go interview, and then we'll, we'll yeah. wrap up with Sun Conference talk. Uh, but this, we will also say when we get to the flippity flop side of this, interview we have 
not one, but two huge, and I mean huge, announcements. I say one's definitely bigger than the other, but it's two things that you, the people, have been asking for, wondering, and well, Josh, we are men of the people, I feel like, so we will absolutely deliver. However, before we get into that, we have a new sponsor alert, new ad alert with Believe It Nutrition. Believe It Nutrition is located at State Road 60 East in Lake Wells, Florida. Got to go there and meet the owners. They have some wonderful products, They including a uh, new shake and tea of the week, the Jack Skellington, which is a vanilla ice cream flavor, and an Oogie Boogie tea, which is Blue Blast and Lemonade. So go over there, try it out. And when you go there, say Suncast, say you heard it from Suncast to get 10% off of your order. They have a great meal, repl meal replacements, protein shakes, energy drinks, great for athletes. They cater to athletes a lot. So go there and give them a shot. Okay, there is the coach for St. Thomas University Volleyball, Whitney Beto, and their senior captain and setter, Mia Thomas. Okay, and we welcome on two very special guests representing St. Thomas Volleyball. It's Coach Whitney Beto and Mia Thomas. Ladies, how's it going after a really, really good practice we were talking about a little bit earlier? It's going great right now. We're definitely happy how practice went today, and we're excited to see how this interview goes. Awesome. Yep. Yeah, hopefully it goes really well. Uh, Coach, we'll get started with you. You played uh, your entire college career at St. Thomas, started your coaching career, and now you're the head coach for the Bobcats. You're arguably the GOAT of St. Thomas, all-time kills leader, shaking your head, don't agree. But, hey, uh, just looking at you, you're, you're a heck of a player. But it, it, you, your entire collegiate volleyball and now head coaching career was in Miami or is in Miami Gardens. What does St. Thomas University and Bobcat volleyball mean to you? I mean, obviously it's been my world uh, ever since I came here in 2014. I knew when I came here that I wanted to leave a lasting legacy and I'd like to believe I'm still making that legacy as I'm here. Um, and St. Thomas has given so much to me. So I think um, as a player, I was able to give back a small piece, but as a coach, I'm trying to give back as well because it's created so many amazing opportunities for me. Obviously I'm getting to be in my dream career. Um, I'm blessed to have an amazing group of athletes here um, that helped me grow as a person too. So I feel very blessed. It means everything to me to still um, wear Bobcat apparel on a daily basis. So I'm just really happy and proud to be here still. Yeah, originally you are from the Midwest, correct? Up north yeah. kind of area. Uh, yeah, so I, I did go to college in Missouri for a couple of years. And I got to say the the weather in South, New South Florida, me, Central Florida, I like it a lot better without a doubt. Without a doubt. It's definitely an easy recruitment tool. Let me tell you that. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, Mia, you're a setter. You're a senior setter. Uh, you've been around for a couple of years. Uh, but being a setter, for people that don't know volleyball, it's very similar as like being a quarterback or a point guard where you have to have connections with multiple different people on the court. What have you done and your teammates at St. Thomas done to build that relationship and make out one of the best offenses of the tax in the NAIA? Right. Um, I think that our program as a whole at St. Thomas, we do really well on locking in and buying in. Coach Whitney always tells us to do where we allow ourselves to really connect and understand how much we have to dedicate within these um, couple of months during the season. Mm -hmm. And we all look at each other and talk to each other and realize like we come from different places, different backgrounds, different coaches, and really just understanding how we like certain things so we can adjust to for each other to work the best we can on the court. Yeah, it's got to be a little bit difficult. I was, I was talking with my, my good friend Cody, he's quarterback at Weber, kind of explained that because he doesn't know a whole lot about, about volleyball. And I tell you, that's one thing that um, this would go a little bit um, off topic, how I think about it. When y'all post, when y'all sent me the video of y'all having that awesome rally with Ave Maria, and I had a bunch of my football guys like, yo, that's one, that's electric. And I, and I was yes. like, and I, I was kind of explaining how I like the setter. I was explaining to Cody how the setter has to kind of go about it in a way where it, it's like a receiver. You know, it, it, if he has his big tight end, he's throwing across the middle. You obviously can't lead him as much as one of his speedsters on, on the outside. So it's got to be kind of similar for you versus when you're setting up for an outside hitter versus a middle blocker. And it's got to be very challenging. Oh, definitely. Um, a lot of times um, coaches like to compare setters to QBs. And I think, 
it there's are a lot of similarities like um just like you say we have our defense to help protect us off of our first ball like you have your defense to protect your qb and we rely on our hitters to um work our offense and gain as many points as we can so we definitely love the assist that we get while working with our defense and attackers all in one absolutely so y'all both play a uh, coach you coach beach volleyball and obviously there's Quite, quite a bit of differences. The main one of being outside, you have to deal with the elements. There's only two players. What, what are some things playing beach volleyball that the average viewer doesn't really recognize or see? Right. Uh, that's a great question. I personally um, spent a lot more time in indoor than beach, but coming into St. Thomas, I got back into beach again. Um, I personally would say the support and mental toughness within oneself. It's definitely hard comparing beach and indoor. With indoor, you have about um, five other girls on the court with you, as well as people supporting you on the sidelines, where in beach, it's just you and one other person. And as well as like relying on other people, you have someone to play defense and also attack like as a setter. I mostly rely and focus on setting and indoor and have other people to support me during uh, other plays. Whereas in beach, I have to focus on passing as well as setting and attacking all in one. Yeah. I'd also say from a coach's standpoint, it's obviously entirely different to coach too. One, because you're not really allowed to coach often. You're not yes. allowed to coach in the plays. Um, and also it's just a different, completely different style of game. So I was um, a lot stronger on indoor because I like to be jumping high and aggressive. And in beach, it's all about smarts. It's about placing the ball correctly, mm-hmm. um, which sometimes I didn't love to do. I'd rather just hit the ball hard. So <laughs> I struggle with beach, but that's the big difference. Um, it's definitely, like I said, different to coach because you got to wait between uh, between points yeah, when you're switching, all those different kinds of things. So you rely a lot more on your players to be player-led. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I mean, having a senior out there on the beach court like me, that's got to be a huge advantage for y'all being able to do that. And also being a setter, you've got to have great sets because not only do you have just one other person you're setting to, a lot of times, especially in Florida, you don't know what the weather's going to be like. You could have – yeah. There's- you you get the weather be sunny and seventy five for the first set or the first yeah the first set and then by the fifth set you got wind and rain and it's got to be a little difficult. No joke. I mean, we don't live broadcast beach, but if you would have seen us, I forgot who we're playing last year, but one of our players, Ave. it was Ave Maria. <laughs> of course, it was. <laughs> we're on our home court. I mean, it had to be pouring. You could hardly see. And our poor, poor player, her name was Sharon, went to serve, and it didn't even make it halfway to the net. I mean, that's how bad it was. But we play on. Yeah. It was Florida weather. But it was, yeah, it's ridiculous to watch when the weather is doing its thing. It's um, quite fun to play. Oh, yeah. And, of course, uh, something crazy like that did happen against Ave Maria. You know, one of my favorite things since I started covering volleyball this fall has seen the development of St. Thomas versus Ave Maria. It's become one of the best matchups that I've seen overall in any sports in the Sun Conference. Both uh, games were, I mean, simply incredible. Five-set thrillers. You look at last year, y'all won the regular season. They win the conference tournament, and y'all split. Y'all both went five sets and this year. And I got a feeling we're going to have that rubber matchup eventually, uh, hopefully in a conference championship setting. That would be it, from, from just a pure content standpoint, from my point of view, that that that, that that's kind of my dream scenario uh, for for that to happen. But what is it about Ave Maria versus St. Thomas? What makes those matchups just so good and just instant classics? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think um, it's been super fun these last two years to compete with Ave because uh, Ave has a very cohesive group. A lot of those girls have been returning players. Um, So they have this advantage of organic and natural chemistry uh, amongst one another. So it's really challenging to play them often because they're so strong um, just naturally because they know each other's tendencies, Mm -hmm. things like that. Um, And they're, they're pretty consistent. I would say Ave Ave Maria, you know what they're going to always bring. They're always going to bring top level volleyball. They've got strong back row. They have strong front row. So it definitely gives us a good challenge. Um, but I think we've done an awesome job, you know, strategizing a bit, making sure we're playing our cleanest and best volleyball, which has made it really exciting. I mean, having that rally that was 68 seconds, I'm sure it was fun to watch as a spectator. Oh, yeah. and probably, uh, just as much fun as a coach, but probably extremely tiring as yeah. a player. Yes. Um, yeah, but it, it's definitely a great matchup. Um, and we hope the same thing. We hope to see them down the line and, and um, we'll look forward to hopefully matching up again. Yes. 
And, and Mia, what about you? I mean, like Coach just said, you're going to have those 68-second rallies. And when you're playing Ave, you know you have to bring your A game. Is there just a little bit more of energy, a little bit more of an edge about the group when you are going out there to play the gyrings? Uh, definitely. I think right now there's a lot more energy when playing against Ave because of some unfinished business um, mm. with last season. So this season we definitely um, are eager and ready to see what we have in store for us. Right. I mean, I, it's been two great matchups. I'm sure we'll we'll see it again. But going back to the St. Thomas volleyball, Coach, what do you look for when you're on the recruiting trail and you're looking for a player? What, what are you looking for that would be a good fit for Bobcat volleyball? Yeah, that's these are all great questions, by the way. Thank I you. Would say the thing we're looking for, and we're looking for a player, um, is really a perfect balance of talent and then how they're going to contribute to our culture. Um, my team is full of strong personalities and in, in all different elements, which I love. Um, and I think when we have recruiting trips, we often bring our recruits in to play with the girls. They'll go to dinner with them. Yes. Um, we want them to really see what it's going to be like to be part of our culture. Um, right. Because that is, we want the recruit. We want them to be here just as bad. And again, talent is an easy thing to find. Um, I think the biggest thing is to find what's going to be the best fit culture and what's going to make us cohesive. Right. And you ended it with a very great word that I think describes volleyball and what it takes to be a great volleyball team. You have to be cohesive. You, you, I think volleyball communication wise is, or communication in volleyball is the most important of just about any sport. It has to be boom, 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 like from the back row, your libero uh, getting down and digging it to your setter, finding either the middle or the outside hitter, however you want to go about it. It has to almost be, the communication has to be there, yes, but there has to be so many repetitions. You talk about with Ave, with them being a very senior-led group, been around for a while. You have to have that cohesiveness to be able to play together and have that rhythm because that is ultimately what makes a great team. And I love hearing that's how you go about looking for recruits as well yeah have you seen the re- i think it's called the revenge team the revenge the the new series on netflix the documentary about all the olympic yes. basketball players going for the gold yeah so if you haven't watched it you have to and i just i watched it maybe two weeks ago and i used this reference with my girls after a practice i mean one thing that coach k mentions in it as he was the coach for that team is that it doesn't matter if person by person, one by one, we're the most talented team. It's going to matter how well you guys play together because they often got bronze in the Olympics because, yes, person by person, they were the best, but they weren't playing cohesive. So I think that's a message I've tried to compare to my team. Yes, I compare my team to the Olympic team. But that's the message I try to uh, uh, share with my girls that individually we can be talented and that's great, but it doesn't matter if we're not playing cohesive. Absolutely. I love that. So I'm one of the worst at putting something on at night and just not finishing it. And I've done it twice with the Redeem team. I did it last night with the new House of Dragons episode. I had to yeah. go back and, and watch that. I'm, I'm just the worst at it. Uh, but but yes, I do need to put that on. I'll try to get we're going to Josh will be here in a little bit. We're going to record the, the rest of the episode and I will try my best to watch it by Sunday when, when y'all come to Babson. I'll ask you. I'll ask you when we're there. Okay, that'll be my homework for the week. I will I'll sit there and watch the documentary. Uh, Mia, you're a Miami native and you're captain for the team. For you, what does it mean being a Bobcat? And what does it mean also being able to do that right in your backyard? Uh, it honestly means the world to me to stay local and play for like my home city um, where my family is. Family is really important to me and to have them be at almost every single game to support not only my sister and I, as well as my other teammates who don't really have their family here since they're out of state or even out of the country. It means the world to me, honestly. That's awesome. I mean, it's got to be a, another very special thing in getting to play with she, – she is your twin sister, correct? I, want, I, don't, I assume yeah. – I was like, I was like that, that's, got, that's a little confused and confusing, too. The, the Maya and me, I was like, is this, is this like a double up? They, they look similar. Well, I wasn't sure. I was like looking at the roster like, is this right? I mean, yeah, I think your, your, your folks were definitely trying to confuse a couple people with that one. Oh, no, yeah, my dad loves it. Yeah, y'all, but I got, I mean, that's another thing. I mean, she's outside hitter, you're a setter. I mean, what, what's that relationship been like, you know, going up and playing volleyball together, I assume in high school club at Boward before St. Thomas and now St. Thomas. What's it like just being able to, hey, you want to go to the court and just work? What's that like? Um, okay. I mean, my 
sister is my world. So like anytime uh, I get to talk about my sister and knowing like these are our final years together, it kind of makes yeah. me emotional. But um, she right. definitely my backbone. Like I wouldn't be the person I am or the player I am without her. And to just know that she's there on the court with me or even on the side with me, just knowing like I always have her there for me. She's the one person I can look to, like, if I feel flustered and know that, like, I'm calm. Or And she's definitely the number one person to, like, get on me when I need to be doing certain things that I'm not doing. And just, like, pull not only me, but our team together. Well, I mean, that, that's awesome. That, that, that's just beautiful, beautiful to hear. And being able to play with your sister. And like you said, it's coming into your final years. I don't want to get, get too emotional here or anything, anything. But um, it is awesome. that's what we always say here. Yeah. What was that? Uh, one more time. I said twin power. Whenever they connect or do something crazy while on the court together, we call it twin power. <laughs> love that. I love that. Coach, You, uh, we talked a little bit earlier about your playing career at St. Thomas, but when you transition into coaching, what, what were some of the challenges you faced? I would say first and foremost, the biggest thing was I was a captain all four years and I played at St. Thomas. Mm. And the transition of how I had to be a leader was the biggest thing I struggled with. I think as a captain, I was always able to really easily lead by example. Um, and obviously I can't anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I could do the little details, but I think it was learning how to articulate leadership and the strategy behind the game. It was just, obviously I had to look at the game a little bit differently. Um, I'm not in the game, finding different things. I'm out of the game and trying to pick and uh, pinpoint different things that can help put us in better positions to win. Um, and I would just say, it's hard uh, transitioning that passion from the player side to the coach side. Doesn't right. mean that I haven't had the same passion. It's the same level of passion, just different. So learning how to um, channel my passion as a leader now, um, obviously I can't contribute physically, but just to be able to empower my players and then also just serve them as more than just athletes for me, that's a big thing too. So learning how to be a mentor for them off of the court as well. Right. And, and it's got to be very re rewarding, too, when, when you have an athlete who you can't help necessarily like you can't be on the court with them. But when you do something, you coach them if they're I mean, obviously, you know, volleyball a lot better than I do. But like certain technique thing that you fix and then you see them execute that in game. That's got to be a very re rewarding thing for you to see. Yeah, no, it is amazing. And I think, honestly, I think the most rewarding things are when I'm able to help them with stuff off of the court. Mm. Um, in the court is obviously we get the joy of winning and things like that. But I think it's the relationships I build with these girls off the courts that's the most rewarding for me. That's awesome. I mean, would you say that she's a player's coach? I would say that. Yeah, that, that's I'm awesome. I, I get that vibe. I, I get that vibe. I love that. Uh, she's... Uh, Always uh, locked what was that one more time? She's like our man on the court. She's always locked in and ready to like help us find the open spot or anything that like we may not see on the court that she sees off. I love that. Love that. Me also, um, we, we did talk just a minute ago about Maya being able to play with her and this being in going to y'all's final years, final moments together and all that. But just what would it mean, mean to you and mean to your family for y'all to raise that Sun Conference banner here in a few months? in about a couple months, about a month or so? Uh, the sweetest way to put it would definitely be a dream come true. It's kind of cliche, but it's um, the honest truth. It really yeah. would, um, dedicating my life to this sport and just being able to have this opportunity to like possibly have that um, opportunity to have a banner for this school and play for under coach Winnie and get a ring for her and myself as well as like this whole team, it would mean um, like a dream like my mom I know I would run to my mom my mom would cry like my mom yeah. is dedicated to this as well she definitely through my sister and I and I just know like it means the world to her as well as myself and Maya awesome yeah yeah I mean I don't, I don't think I don't think it's a cliche or anything like that I mean it is a dream come true I mean you get a ring on your finger I mean that's what everybody in this conference is ultimately fighting for they're either fighting for the conference ring or a red banner or both um, right and then that's what it's all about. And getting to do it with your sister, I mean, it's, it's awesome. It, it is just awesome. Uh, Coach, I got, I, got, I got a question for you. What player on the team uh, reminds me the most or reminds yourself the most of you when you played? Hmm, that's a great question. Thank you. Um, gosh, I don't know. I see myself in a lot of them. Or maybe just like details that you see like in certain girls or something like that. Honestly, I would say one thing 
um, I proudly say I'm like, is I think that the leadership Mia brings to our team, I think I brought to my team as well. Um, I did I was a leader by example, but I often tried to be the one that was the go-to captain when, when girls needed things to talk about. Um, I really tried to be a mentor even when I was the same age as my teammates. So I think that's one thing Mia does. And I'm always very proud of, and we're very blessed to have her for that. And I see that myself a lot. Um, gosh, I don't know. That's so hard. Cause I, I really do different things. I mean, I would say like energy wise, we have a new player. Her name is Alexandra Macaskill. Yes. Um, I would say the level of focus she's brought into our program. I, I think that I was that locked in. She's definitely better than I was. So all these girls here, there's oh, players. Wow. I want to break my records. I want them broken by my players. So I'm not saying I am as good as Alex Macaskill. I do think, though, that I was as locked in as her. Um, and she's really just the most intense player I, I think I've seen in this program in quite some time. So. I'd like to think that I had that level of intensity and focus as well. Awesome. Awesome. I got two more questions uh, for both of y'all. Uh, start, start with this one. Uh, may I ask you first, what, what is it about St. Thomas University that, that makes it such a special place? Uh, I would say St. Thomas is just an environment that as soon as you come in, we're very welcoming and loving. I think it's very easy for you to feel comfortable like there's, um, it doesn't feel as awkward. And I feel like it's so easy for us to like get to know each other on a personal level that really makes you realize how appreciative you are to like be here at St. Thomas and be a Bobcat. Awesome, coach. Um, I think part of our mission as a school, it says they're trying to develop leaders for life. I think that's one thing that um, our school really does push to instill in people. And then I think first and foremost, the reason I came here and the reason I've stayed is it's the people. The people at St. Thomas are really second to none. Um, everyone looks after you, whether it's staff members, coaches, mm-hmm. um, the supporting staff, like people really are looking to help you be your best self. And I believe that since the moment I was here as a student athlete and now as a, as a leader at the university, I'm trying to do the same thing for my players. Awesome. And, la- and last question uh, for y'all both. If you could describe the person sitting next to you in three words, what would they be? I have um, four words for Coach Whitney, mostly because two words kind of fall under the same thing. Um, The first one would be definitely hardworking and dedicated. Those go hand in hand. Um, Coach Whitney does more than enough for this team. She's so dedicated to us as a whole and individually. Um, Second, I would say definitely humble. Coach (laughs) Whitney is one of the most humblest people I've ever met. And I'm so appreciative of that. Like she doesn't realize how much of an impact that can be in a learning lessons for people to like see that firsthand. And last of all, would definitely be inspirational. She <laughs> has uh, made an impact in my life forever, having her as a coach here. So I definitely appreciate so her. Sweet. This is such a good question. Look at you bringing us together. Very sweet. Yeah. Thank you. Thank um, you. <laughs> I take those words heavily. I mean, that means a lot, especially when I, my players say that. So I would say about Mia, um first and foremost my word for her would be selfless she does everything for this team as our captain it's never about her um I would say authentic I think that she really is truly herself to her core and brings out authenticity in her teammates as well and finds a way to mesh everyone's authenticity um and then I would say passionate um I think she really has a way to fire up our team that really gets everyone going. And the reason it, it works is because it is authentic. So it bounces off my second word. But yeah, I think those three words really encompass what Mia is as a person, as a, as a player too. Thank you, Coach. Awesome. Uh, that's awesome. And I, I, just from the uh, 20, 25 minutes that we've been recording, I completely agree. I mean, I think y'all are – I think overall you're obviously a very good team athletic. I'm just hearing from you, Coach, and the captain of the team. Seems like y'all have great leadership. I believe Bobcat Volleyball is in great hands for many years to come. Uh, I want to thank both of y'all again for coming on and uh, good luck the rest of this season. If y'all have anything else y'all want to add, any questions or anything like that, uh, the mic is y'all's. If not, uh, I'm all good, uh, ladies. I'm sorry. That's right. I do want to say a comment just so it's on the record of this meeting. We are super grateful that you put all this time into the Sun uh, podcast. What is it called? Suncast? Suncast. Yeah. So, yeah. Sun, okay. uh, Suncast. Yeah. You've done a lot of amazing things that people are paying attention to. 
Um, and just like the detail you put into this interview and the questions, um, were amazing. I mean, this is one of the best interviews I've had. So thank you for putting the time into this. Um, it's definitely not going unnoticed. Thank you so much. Um, that, that means a lot to me. Look, I started this in March of this year, just starting off with baseball. I started broadcasting baseball in January. I started uh, just covering baseball and then softball led to me go into the softball world series. I started this for the athletes to get the athletes of this conference, a platform that displayed what they do. And, you know, it's led to doing more on social media uh, now with the Instagram and everything, which by the way, whoever runs y'all's social media, y'all's Instagram does an amazing job. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that means a lot. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's moments like this. I mean, give, giving y'all an opportunity to come on tell y'all story talk about St. Thomas volleyball and, and thank you for saying I got great questions. I try, I do try to put a lot of work and effort into it. Still a student, I have to be a student athlete part of it first, but then getting to work on, work on this. It's definitely my passion, what I want to do uh, for a career. So really appreciate it. And again, really appreciate y'all coming on. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank and let us you. know how we can continue to support you. So thanks again. Absolutely. And I will see y'all Sunday when y'all play Weber. All right. Thanks. What'd you think, Josh? Not, 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 a bad, not a bad interview, huh? Not bad at all. All right. That, that'll play. Very kind words. Very awesome. kind words. Really? Make, makes, you, makes you very grateful. Yeah, it does. That I people mean, appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, good to see them Sunday uh, as they come up to Babson Park, take on Weber Volleyball. But first, let's talk a little bit of football. Had a... <clears throat> Interesting weekend. That's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, take it away. Well, just get things going to very predictable outcomes. St. Thomas handling the Lions of Florida Memorial and Kaiser handling the Royals of Warner very handedly. Um, we'll get going with, with St. Thomas and Flomo. Kind of kind of the trend so far for the Bobcats, Rontavious Farmer, I, I called his game. I called he his did. game. I, I said he was going to run for 120 and two touchdowns. And he said, you know what? <laughs> Make it 160 in two touchdowns on 30, uh, 30 attempts. Woo! What an absolute game for Tay Farmer. Hence the reason he's Sun Conference, Sun Cast, Both. Podcast, and Sun Conference Player of the Week. Hey, what Shout out Ron um, Farmer. Real quick, do y'all just, just hit us up in the DMs. Do y'all like the format and what we did this week with picking four players from the four major sports we got going on right now and – let it, leaving it up to a vote. I feel like that was good. I did not, and Josh, I know you didn't either want to be put up to just like, hey, this is the player of the week. We want to kind of let it be a little more democratic. And also, just from a pure marketing standpoint, did great with the followers. Great. Got a lot of followers from that, a lot of engagement. I believe that was that's another step towards engagement. I think people mm-hmm. like that. It gives them another way to kind of voice how they feel because – Sometimes it doesn't really matter what you and I think about the game. Right. Like, for example, we weren't there. We just see it online sometimes. Yeah. So, like, there's people, like, at their school or at the opposing school that can interact with players of the game that, like, for example, Tay Farmer. A lot of the people at that game could attest to him. A lot of his teammates, classmates, et cetera, they can help. They can vote on it. They can interact with it, which gets them on because then they realize their sports can get on. They could potentially become the player of the week for our podcast. So, I think it's just... A, a very good interactive tool that we can get more people involved because I think that's the main goal is to get as many student athletes involved as possible and I think that was just a great a great way to do it yeah and uh, I'll tell you something I won't say I was surprised by it but Sasha Manders winning uh, women's soccer player of the week I was really interested to see what the voting was going to be like when someone goes up against a Weber athlete because, I, I thought the same as I, I thought Cameron Lane had it in the bag. Yeah, and considering this was based out of Weber, and I think right at the very beginning, at least a lot of our supporters were Weber, and I think that I, shame on Weber for not voting. For yeah, Cameron. I, I was, I, it, now, don't get me wrong, she got a ton of votes. I think she got like a hundred seventy-ish votes. Just so happens, Sasha got about. 185. Like, it was close. It came down to the wire. But shame on Weber for not letting Yeah, it was, little, was a little surprised, but I don't think it's like a necessarily a bad thing. Absolutely not. Because it's kind of like, okay, good. It's not going to be... Right, it's not just going to be like we throw a Weber name up there and then they run away with it. That would have looked bad. Yeah. That, that, I, 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 don't think, I that. think how it worked out, sorry, Cam, 
But yeah. I think it worked. I think it worked out perfectly. Yeah, and I mean they were both very, very deserving uh, players. I thought they were the two that were going kind of it, it'd be neck and neck with. And I mean, right. sure enough, that's what it was. Two incredible games. Yeah, I mean, uh, Cam put they both put together two incredible games uh, where Cam. She had – we'll get into a little bit more with, with soccer. But I mean, 15 saves on 16 shots on goal. And then Sasha with the hat trick against Warner. Both incredible. But, yeah, back to football. Um, like I was saying, St. Thomas just the old-fashioned ground and pound. Yep. Tate Farmer just kind of took that game in his own hands and just and just dominated it. But, you know, two things. I mean, you see 38-7. to seven. If you look at it, St. Thomas did not turn the ball over. No interceptions. No picks. Florida Moore, on the other hand, a pick and a fumble. That when you're up against a team that you're that is more superior than you, right. one thing, one golden rule is do not turn the football over. Mm. You can't turn the football over. Um, another thing I wanted to look at was penalties. They were even on penalties, which you that's another golden rule. You don't want to have too many penalties because that's just mm. one way to to lose a game. Um, but yeah, I mean, 269 total yards on the ground. Not not too much in the air. I mean, Tyler Thomas didn't really have to do much. No. I mean, the the completion percentage was a little little weary. Four of thirteen. That's not normally his. I'm sorry, seven of twenty two, collectively because I believe two quarterbacks played in the game. Not super impressive, but I mean, sometimes you don't need it. I mean, there's games like in Division One football where the quarterbacks aren't in the factor, and you can look at it the other way. The running backs sometimes don't even have to be in the picture if you just sling it. So right. um, overall, you know, St. Thomas dominated the game, thirty eight to seven. Uh, moving on though, Kaiser hosted Warner, and Warner just can't really catch a break at this point. Twenty-five to seven in the first first quarter, make it forty-six to seven at halftime. I mean, jeez, it's better than the last result. It was just by half, and the fact and the fact that they still gave up fifty-six. I mean, I feel bad for Warner because they were just put in a terrible position. You know, tough schedule, new coach, new program, the hurricane, huge decimates. a huge gap. Haven't been able yeah. to play practice most likely. This is probably their first week of practice in three three weeks or so. Yeah, I mean, they, it's just a tough break for the Royals. I can't, you can't even blame them at this point. I mean, maybe maybe they could have kept it in a little bit closer of a game because you are in the same league in the same conference. It shouldn't be that that bad. But then again, you have to give them the benefit of the doubt. I mean, Kaiser really didn't do too many things that was so special. I mean, there's some things on special teams. The that was, yeah. Mm, Reagan, do I have the floor? Yes, you have the floor. You have the floor. I'm just, um, I'm just a little. Never mind. Never mind. I mean, Kaiser kind of just let everybody touch the football. I mean, they they ran the ball with six different guys. Four of them scoring a touchdown. Three three of them being running backs. Um, Shea, great game. Fourteen of eighteen, hundred eighty four and a touchdown. I mean, every time the ball's in his hands and he dropped back, he's almost put it in the receiver's hands. Um, uh, Jalen Arnold, another touchdown. I mean. This man's a touchdown machine at this point. Yeah. Miles Henderson, five for 102. Um, another great game from him. And, you know, Warner, I mean, there's not much not much there. Only scored seven points early. Um, just an all-in-all all a dominant game for Kaiser. And it's looking like Kaiser, they, they're one win, one big win away from almost taking this conference over for the for the title, it, depending on if a few, a few different results happen. Still have to play Weber and Southeastern for games that count, I believe. Yep. So those are two big ones. Um, speaking of Weber, a very, very tough, heartbreaking loss to Avi and Maria. Shout out to the Gyrenes, though. I mean, early on we, you know, we saw them three and zero, lost a game that we thought they'd win, and this was a game that I thought Weber would win. I mean, they had the lead with four minutes to go on a huge special teams play, um, but Avi and Maria pretty much had its way all day on the offensive side of the ball, <clears throat> scoring 31 points. Um, Shout out one of the gyrings, uh also that came up to me after the game. Like, hey man, you're on Tunkas, right? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, I'm not gonna have fun making this graphic. <laughs> I did not. Well, at, at least they're keeping sportsmanship there. They yeah. just beat you, yeah, and they're, yeah. they're they're talking, you know, polite yeah, yeah, and things yeah. like that. No, nothing but good things um, from, um, from a, uh, opponent point of view. I mean, Avi Maria with 405 total yards of offense, but whoever with 398, they were right there in the game. Hence. Hence the four-point loss. But another thing you can highlight, because of that loss, you have a missed field goal and a missed PAT, which is the exact number of points Weber lost by. Um, Ave Maria just, just ran the crap out of it, threw it whenever they needed to, 16 of 22 and a touchdown, um, 52 carries for almost 200 yards. Um, 
I mean, Weber ran the heck out of it too with 172 yards, three touchdowns on the ground. Um, Cody Braden, one of the most impressive Sun, Sun Conference quarterbacks thus far. Not his best game, struggled early on in the game, but gave his team a shot in the end. Yeah. And that's one thing that you look at that's very important because quarterbacks, pitchers, goalkeepers, some of the, the more crucial positions in all of sports have bad halves, bad quarters, etc. And there's no reason for anybody to hold their head on that. Mm. And the reason why, yeah, Cody, he struggled, but he come back. And that's what that's what you see in a leader and a mature athlete Absolutely. is someone who can flush something and come back and just compete. And I think that's what today's society and sports has come to is that a lot of people kind of put their head in the dirt when they struggle. And the fact that Cody was still competing until triple zeros had a game-winning drive lined up. Yeah. A few things go Weber's way there. Weber comes out with a win, a close one, but a win's a win. <laughs> yeah. Did drop the game though. It's gonna hurt a little bit in the in the standings now. Weber really's got to make some things shake on the back end with two really big opponents. Not looking past Florida Memorial at all. No. But in terms long in the long term, speaking of Sun Conference standings, um, definitely gonna have to definitely gonna have to have a couple upsets along the way. Yeah. I mean, before before I finish the coverage of this game, I mean, I know Reagan's sitting right here, but I mean, what a game! Six punts for 260, 40, almost forty five yards. Um, Average two inside the twenty, and I believe one of those is inside the five or two. Both, Both inside the five, one fifty plus yarder. I mean, if you're going to look at a way to flip field position with a struggling offense, and you have a punter who can do it, I mean, they they have that punter, and he did a great job. Um, Thanks, man. The the Ave the Ave punter that was in the game for the most part before that punt return also did a very great job. Yeah, yeah, he, he was he was averaging probably close to forty yards and one inside the twenty as well. Yeah. Two fair catches, um, but I mean it was a great football game as much as Weber oh, looks a at it. A classic. Game. Weber's looking at it like, dang, we let that one slip up, and Ave's like, wow, we got a big one there. So, but all in all, a great football game. Yeah, Ave has. I mean, Weber has a few days to turn it around. Against a very with a very winnable game ahead of them, homecoming, alumni weekend, whiteout, news to some people I'm sure. Um, I think Weber's I think Weber's going to come out with a chip on their shoulder, and as a Weber student, I hope so. I will be there. Um, I can't wait, but I, I definitely think we'll have that chip on our shoulder and um, have that edge back. I feel like maybe that win against Southeastern may have dulled, uh, but I think we got our edge back. I think we're having an extremely good week of practice. Uh, you know, talk with some of the other captains on the team, and we say, "Hey, man, you know, it starts with us. We have got to turn this thing around." Because, like I said, we, I mean, we still really do control our own destiny. Uh, Absolutely. From here on out, you look at the two teams. We got until that game. aspect is gone, your season is not over. Absolutely. You know not. what I mean? Until like you have to ask other people to beat other people. But right now, if you win the rest of your games on your schedule, you are some conference champs. Yeah, and I, and I mean, even if things don't work out, I don't. There's no doubt in my mind. I mean, the proof is in the pudding from last year. I mean, our season was, was shot. We were 0-7, and, 7, uh, and uh, we welcomed in a the number 15 team in the country, Faulkner, like we talked about with, with Pooch a couple episodes ago. And we beat them and lose a heartbreaker to Flomo and then beat the heck out of Warner. And so I don't – I mean, there's going to be no uh, quitting this team whatsoever. I, I could promise, promise that. Um, I, I can say, unfortunately, just from my from, from me personally, I, I don't usually let losses affect me or stick with me for too long. I say this is the first one that kind of stuck with me, you know, into day two after a game. Um, you know, after the workout uh, today, I I was like, okay, I got got it out of me, and it was, it was over. But that, that was a tough one, man. Um, a classic game, all time, all time Sun Conference football game. Uh, I think we'll look back at the end of the year and, you know, do like a top five best games in the conference. And, boy, it's going to be tough to beat that one. I mean, uh, two weeks ago you had the Kaiser-St. Thomas game. This week you have Weber uh, Weber and uh, Ave Maria. You know, coming up next week, I think it's going to be very possible Kaiser and Southeastern have that kind of matchup coming up. But we'll, we'll talk, talk about, about that preview. Thursday. Right. Yep. Um, but <clears throat> moving in on into other sports in the conference, start off with women's soccer and a team that just refuses to play in a game that is not stressful, and that's the Weber International Warriors. They had another draw with a Thomas University team. 
Josh, I told you the game was going to be 1-1. I don't know why I let you convince me that the game was going to be 2-1 Weber, but it ended up being 1-1. I mean, incredible. you act like that's so far off. I mean, it's not far off. It's not, but I was dead on the money. I had it on the money. But still good. Good, good predictions all, all around. And in a game where Weber scores and then 30 seconds later Thomas scores, so Weber really didn't have much of a lead um, in the game, and Thomas answered right back. Uh, once again, I mean, we, we, we've we raved about these two teams. The back line for Thomas University is, I think, is probably the second best in the conference behind Kaiser. And I think Weber is very, very close behind them. And Southeastern's knocking on that door as well. Cad's got a lot to say about it. I mean, just the parity in general in soccer, both men's and women's, is absolutely incredible. Thomas did get uh, a lot more shots, only one more shot on goal. They had eight total shots on goal. Only one got past Cam Lane, who had an incredible uh, game, incredible week in general. She had that game and the shutout against Southeastern in midweek action. Uh, speaking of South, South excuse me, not uh, Southeastern, but uh, keeping on with Weber, I, I, I like where they're at. I think they're, they could have, this could have been a team that after they got beat the way they got beat against Kaiser, could have kind of packed it in. They answer that back with, a draw against a team who is a number a top ten team in Southeastern. Who not this coming up Saturday, but next Saturday I will be watching live as I'll be going to Lakeland that Sunday as they take on SCAD. Cannot wait to finally see uh, Southeastern, but I really cannot wait to see the SCAD bees in action. But they do that, and they also draw with a Thomas team, and this is going to be a very interesting stretch for women's soccer because we're going to have the top teams playing the top teams here a lot at the end of the year especially with SCAD they still have matchups with Southeastern and Kaiser Southeastern still has to play Kaiser so the top dogs in the conference still have to play each other and depending on how things can go you can see one of those teams end up getting really knocked knocked in the teeth and falling possibly into like a five or six seed scenario when we get to the conference tournament but Talk about the Scab Bees, and we'll keep that going. They are coming off back-to-back shutouts. They just beat uh, Ave Maria today for nothing. Then they they did that the Saturday plus one against Warner, winning that one five nothing. Look, we we were wondering who was going to step up, who was going to be the girl that was going to step up in the answer an answer for Sydney Chura. Well, turns out there's a couple. Uh, Bladderstrader for the Bees and Sadal for the Bees both had braces. And Ian Summer has done incredible assists, a couple goals uh, in the past couple games. They have stepped up. Mia Gomez has been someone who we did not we didn't see a whole lot of earlier in the year. She has stepped up in a big way for SCAD. They're looking really strong. And I think they, they've probably overtaken Southeastern again in that 2-3 that spot. It, like. I think it's the it's the most like two two a position in any power rankings in the conference. Uh, Ave Maria, we said they did have a tough loss to uh, SCAD today. They did get a big three points that they desperately needed, knocking off Florida Memorial. And then, I mean, stop me if you heard this one before. Kaiser shuts a team out. They go figure. They've played I think fourteen games and they have eleven shutouts. That it, it's insane what they're doing. I mean, Kiki. And Kennedy score again. It's like clockwork for, for the Seahawks. They're going to have they're going to have someone new assist. They're going to have probably the same familiar faces. They're going to have Riley or Kennedy or Kiki scoring, and it's just going to be like, well, what, what, what are you going to do? And I've said it before. I'm just going to keep saying it. The Skyler Seahawks team continues to be the most dominant team that I've seen play in the Sun Conference, uh, and I, 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 I've battled with that a lot thinking about southeastern baseball back back in the spring but i don't want to jinx the seahawks but i think we could very well see a team that does not lose the entire year i'm right there with you um, now they still have some big tests coming up they still have to play scad and they still have to play southeastern but good lord i mean they're they're insane um we'll stick with the seahawks and championships and all that we'll talk about the reigning defending champs who according to an anonymous source Source is actually they won that game one nothing over Thomas, and allegedly that ball. So it was one nothing. Okay, they, they, Kaiser wins one nothing. 
in the last minute of the game, or last couple minutes of the game, a ball was cleared off the line. There's two separate occurrences. One was cleared off the line with a blatant handball. Now, I haven't seen this video. I haven't, it's not been sent to us, so I don't know if this is true. But I've heard from multiple sources this is a blatant handball on the goal line, which is automatic red card and PK shot. And then one that 100% crossed the line. The whole ball, it's not like football where part of the ball has to touch the line. The entire ball has to be passed the entire line. But apparently it did that. It met those requirements. Apparently one definite goal and then a you know, PK, I mean, it's like making a free throw for, to win it or tie it for Thomas. Don't know if any of that's true. I have no idea if it's actually true. What I do know is Kaiser wins this game one nothing. They're 5 0 They have found their stride. They look like the best team in the conference for men's soccer. But the team who I still think is – it's weird. as I think Kaiser might win the conference this year, but I still think St. Thomas is going to win the national championship. Now, Southeastern has got a lot to say about all that. We'll get into that in a second. This was kind of the first game that we really saw St. Thomas be that team and like be the defending conference champions because they dominated Weber for 90 minutes. A very good Weber team who who was 7-0-1 coming in, now 7-1-1. Casillabu uh, for St. Thomas had one of the most brilliant volleys you'll ever see. He sends in a ball. He starts in the midfield, sends the ball all the way down to the corner, brilliant pass. Makes his run all the way to the back post. Ball is sent in, and he sends in one. I'm not. I'm not saving that in this. I don't think there's a keeper in the world saving that shot. Brilliant, brilliantly done, St. Thomas. Uh, also, uh, Guido is uh, is the Suncast uh, Player of the Week. He got he voted that. I think it's very well deserved. He did an extremely good job. Um, you know, as for Weber, okay, now it's going to be. What are you going to do when you get hit in the mouth? Because it's, it's still a team who can go and make a lot of noise in the Sun Conference, especially in the tournament. I think they are they could be a very good tournament team. But they've been punched in the mouth. How will Weber respond? We'll get into more of the preview and all that on later episode. But the hottest team in the in the conference is the Fire. No pun intended there. Uh, Southeastern has shut out four of its last five opponents. And I think the only team they scored on was a top 10 team. I think it was Gwinnett um, that, that scored on them in that in that little stretch. But four shutouts, that back line with Moses and Lucas uh, and then Carlos and Goal, they have become an elite team. Uh, they beat up on a, a SCAD a men's team who is kind of like the polar opposite of their women's team. Um, sorry, SCAD, but it's just the truth. Um, look, they're an extremely good team. I mean, Edo up top is one of the best players in the conference using his head, and they have elite fullbacks. They have great. They score off of set pieces. They score off of build up. They don't allow shots on goal. I think they have the best goalkeeper in the conference. So I think Southeastern is a team. And look, I think the par- I said it on the last episode, the parity in the Sun Conference is extremely high, and I think they'll continue to roll now. We'll wrap up with a little bit of volleyball talk. Talk, Not a whole lot to get into. Kaiser throttles Southeastern. They get to use a bunch of bench players. Um, and that's really about it. Uh, St. Thomas, who we get, to, we, we talk a lot about their season in uh, uh, the interview earlier. Uh, gosh, I think this St. Thomas team has overtaken Ave Maria. I said it in the last one in the power rankings, but they will be playing again on manifesting that I will get to see another Weber versus Ave, or Ave Maria versus St. Thomas volleyball matchup. But I got to – I don't usually do this. I got I, I to gotta talk to Weber, and it ain't for a good reason. The Warriors, I've got to figure out what it, what it what's going on when they have to play on the road. Because it's now, I believe, four straight losses – excuse me, five, four or five straight losses on the road for Weber. You're – when they play volleyball at home, they're a top three team in the conference, maybe top four. But when they have to go on the road, they lose 25-16, 25-11, and 25-18. Now, I get that's against a very good Ave Maria team. But that Ave team you played at home, you won the first set. In the next three sets, you lost, but you were in the 20s. 
I believe you're two of the three other ones in the hot teens. That's unacceptable. That's unacceptable for, from Weber. They have got. It almost seems like after that Coastal Georgia game, they've kind of fallen fallen apart. I don't know if they just got satisfied. If they were like, they were they were picked to finish next to last, and I do not think they are the second worst team by any stretch of the imagination. But they got to pick it up, and they're in a game right now, actually, with on the road against Warner, and we can check how that one's going really quick. They're they're in a close one. They lost the first set. They dominated the second set, and they're in a big one in the third set. They have to win this. This this game right now, they're playing with Warner, is a must-win game. They are sitting at 2-4 and four in the conference. And if they lose this game, their chances of making the conference tournament is in serious, serious jeopardy. But, I mean, I don't – not that, it's not maybe not too serious jeopardy, but it's in pretty serious jeopardy. Because uh, if they do lose this game, they'll most likely be a six seed heading to the conference tournament, having to play either St. Thomas or Ave Maria, and that ain't on the road. <laughs> on the road, we've already seen, seen seen that. And they still got they still, I think they still have two games with St. Thomas coming up. I know they got the one Sunday in Babson Park, and I'm pretty sure they got to go to St. Thomas again. Whew, they they got a lot to figure out. Fast. Fast. They they don't have they don't have much time to to mess around. But all right, uh, that's all I got with with everything. Uh, Josh, what you got? You got anything else? Nothing else. Look forward to another good week of Sun Conference Sports. Absolutely. Uh, I think we'll kind of skip a little midweek preview. I think we'll just go to recapping that on uh, Friday's episode. Oh my gosh, you hear that? I'm getting old. Yeah. We're getting like We're mad. getting to that midpoint of the semester where everybody's oh, aching. God. Yes. Oh, how you doing in classes right now? You looking good? 4-0, baby. 4-0? I got like a 3-5. I'll take that. It's two A's and two B's. That'll work. Yeah, I'll play. All right. Oh, wait. I think, I think we're forgetting something. Announcements. We are forgetting. You know, they, yeah, yeah, we you, got them. You can we take one and I'll save. That one. Yeah, you I that, that's what you're okay. So we are wanting to go to YouTube. We are wanting to go. We are wanting to do more on YouTube. We're wanting to do and what Josh is going to say is going to help, help with that also because we want to do it in a right way. We also didn't want to just do episodes. We want to make actual content. And we have two we, great ideas at the moment. Two great ideas at the moment. A lot more to come that are probably pretty pretty similar to that same episode. But two as two things. Don't, don't want to spoil too much of what they are. But, ladies and gentlemen, we have ourselves a cameraman who is in the film. He wants to do films. He's wanting to uh, do camera work and all that. And he is wanting to come on. It's our good, my good friend, uh, Josh. I'm pretty sure you know him. Trent Peacock, uh, safety captain for Weber. Uh, one, one of the most genuine, great guys you'll ever meet, honestly. And we're really excited to do some YouTube work with him. So be on be on the lookout very soon. Some very some awesome content is about to be coming. Uh, Suncast YouTube way and for all of you to watch and enjoy. Now that wasn't the one when, when I made the post of celebrating a thousand followers, which again, thank you. Thank all of you so much. Seriously, uh, thank you. Yes, much, much love. But that was not the big one. That's the one that y'all have asked for, yeah, and asked about. But the big one, Josh. Coming very soon. Like within? Within a week, maybe two. We will indeed have hats and t-shirts available. And they... And they're sweet. Oh my God, they're so good. It was... And depending on the demand for these shirts, Mm -hmm. we will... There's going to be, I guess you could say, an event where, you know, there's meet certain amount of requirements... Get a shirt first to however many people, and then we are, we are gonna find find out a price to to sell them because the shirts are not free, hats are not free, no, so no. we indeed are gonna have to to charge somewhat. But we, we are going to have incentivize these products in order for you guys to interact with with our uh, Instagram account. So therefore, we can give some free stuff out, you know. So it'll yes, be very fair shirts, price. Hats, and you will see very soon. Official podcast with official polos. Yes. For Reagan and I. 
They are going coming to be very soon. Sick. Um, Shout out to my mother for assisting. Yes, with this thank process. you, thank you, thank you so much, Mama Blackmore. It was almost so because it, it was like the, the epiphany happened right when we were getting close to a thousand followers. And I was just like driving, and I was like, when when the clock hit midnight, I was like, oh my gosh, I, I think I know the design, for, like for the back. And we, we, we worked on it, did some workshop on it. So, um, I guess we'll go, go ahead and tell you look, kind of what they look like, the t-shirt. The hats will yeah. just have the logo. The hats will have the logo, and they will be... Um, How do you say, like trucker? I guess you could say, yeah, like trucker hats. Oh, it's either going to be trucker hats, or they're going to be kind of like... Um, I guess you could say golf hats. Golf hats, yeah. So that's, that's another potential design. We're going to look into whatever looks the best with the logo. What you guys, I mean, if you guys listen to this and have a preference... Shoot it to the DMs. But the shirts, I believe we're going to go with black. Are we going black or navy blue? I can, well, we can figure either black or navy blue. The logo will be on the front left of the, the top front left of the shirt. Suncast. And we will have a Florida, Georgia state design with stars pinpointing each city with a color for each school represented in the Sun Conference on the back and like a fairly big font. Yeah. Um, and we also will have our. At, at Suncast Podcast. We will have at Suncast Podcast with, you know, the social medias that we are using. So that's kind of our idea. It's in the works. Speaking to a graphic designer, going to soon have those in stock, hopefully within the next two weeks. And we're going to get something going to where we can give away, let's say, our first five to us. And we'll have some certain requirements. And we'll, right. we'll get that out to you guys as soon as possible. But, yes, merch is coming. And merch is coming very soon. Yes, it is. And... I mean, it's been a long time coming. It's just we didn't, like, everything we do, we didn't want it to be mediocre. We wanted to make sure we wanted it to look right. We wanted everything to, you know, be what we do, which is the best. The best of our abilities put into something that represents us and represents this conference. And uh, we're waiting for, like, the official mock-ups to come in, which I think will be in very soon. We'll be posting that. And we will do our best where if you're like at, not at Weber, uh, hopefully you have an event that's like either Weber, Warner, or Southeastern. We could just go and like kind of give it to you kind of deal. Or if not, we'll find we'll, we'll a way ship to get it, it to you. We'll, we'll ship, ship it. To you. it. We'll ship it. Um, but yeah, so there it is. Hope, hope, hope that uh, got y'all buzzing a little bit on this Monday night. So what, you want to go watch some Monday Night Football, bro? Let's watch some Monday Night Football. All right. Love y'all. We will see y'all on Friday's episode. Have a good one.